Welcome back. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Welcome back to this. Leave week. it in. <laughs> Best intro ever. Welcome back to this weekend film. My problem is that I started too high. <laughs> to this weekend film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together. We talk about the movies we've seen over the past. I guess it's been two weeks again. It has. Um, I'm Nick Panunto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how's it going? It's going great. Oh, I started, <laughs> I started too high, too. <clears throat> it's going great, Nick. That's great. That's great. I assume How we... are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm really good. Um, I just finished watching a movie. I had to finish watching it before we could start the show because I just had to know how it ended. Apollo 13, a movie I've oh, <laughs> a movie I've only seen a hundred times. <laughs> Spoiler alert! It turns out all right. Yeah. Um. So, let's begin the show. Uh, Matt, did you see some movies? I did. What What did you What are you going to discuss this week? Well, I am going to discuss. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Gellert Grindelwald, uh, um, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, although that could probably go by pretty quickly, and a surprise entry that I'll just wait for until we get to the last segment because we've reviewed it before and I'm just itching to see how it screws with my favorite movie list. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw quite a few movies. Um, I watched, uh, The Incredibles 2, uh, The Goonies, Apollo 13, and a documentary called Mission Control, The Unsung Heroes of Apollo, which is what made me want to watch Apollo 13. I see. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start, um, with, with that movie, The Mission Control, Unsung Heroes of Apollo, which was directed by David Fairhead. Uh, it's from 2017, and uh, it's basically a documentary about the guys who worked in the mission control uh, room uh, at Houston during the Apollo space program. It's it's a it's told from their point of view, and uh, it's a, it's a pretty good documentary. Uh, it tells the story of uh, from like Apollo one all the way through like Apollo Apollo thirteen, and then uh, a little bit beyond that, and. Um, it's a it's a very interesting movie, especially if you're into like the '60s uh, space race stuff, which which I love. I love the '60s space race stuff. Uh, and then it reminded me that I haven't seen that one that came out um, last year, Hidden Figures. I think you saw it. Yeah, yeah, good movie. Um, I haven't seen that, and I still haven't seen First Man, the um, Ryan Gosling Neil Armstrong movie. Uh, so I'm I'm a little behind on on the things that I like, so I'll have to. And yet you watched Apollo 13. <laughs> yeah, right, <again>. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the things about uh, this Mission Control documentary that I liked are that um, yeah, they don't really sugarcoat a lot of it. Um, the uh, there's there's this one poignant moment where uh, the the guys are talking about how hard they had to work, where they're working like 14 to 20 hour days. And how how NASA and 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 the, the the space race program down there like literally consumed their lives, and um, the the one guy that they interview and he says if I, if I had to go back and do it all over again, and and it feels like he's getting set up for like the cliche of course I would, but he says I wouldn't do it again. He's like the toll nice. the cost or the toll on my family was far too high, and then they show this like one picture of him with with what I'm assuming is his children, and they all just look miserable and uh and you're like, oh man this must have been just terrible uh for, for I like something. that idea of getting the real honesty there yeah um yeah. they talk to uh they talk to the guy that uh uh, Ed Harris's character is based on from Apollo 13, the Gene Gene Krantz, uh, who was like a mission control uh, flight director, uh, and he's like he's like a really cool, inspirational dude. Uh, um, like for instance, like after uh, if you're unfamiliar, but like the Apollo One 
uh, space program, like Apollo one, um, there, it ended in a total disaster. They were, there was a, they were running a test in the ship and there was an, an, a fire broke out in the ship and the astronauts couldn't get out and they were basically burned alive inside the ship, uh, on the, uh, uh, launch pad. And um, it was it was a total disaster. It was a real a real black eye for NASA. But because of because of it, they changed the way that they do everything at NASA. Like they they changed from uh, like people used to be like afraid to speak up. Like the one guy says that they uh, they cut corners. They would because they're they're really racing against time to try and beat the Russians to space uh, or or to the moon because the Russians beat us to space and. Um, and uh, they say that the because of what happened in Apollo One, it really changed the uh, the attitude and the culture of NASA from from being a let's get it done to let's do it right. And uh, they like the one guy had a directive that said, "What did he say?" Um, oh, he made everybody write on like their blackboard or their whiteboard in their conference rooms a phrase that I can't remember right now. It's uh, um, but uh, it was like it was basically speak up and do it right. You know, and uh, and and did no go ahead. Go ahead. Well, did um, you know you had mentioned how it's kind of like gets into the gritty reality of stuff as far as like the people go. Um, when it gets into like events like that, does does that get pretty like like do they really kind of flesh that out for you? Like spell out like that event with everybody going through that Apollo one failure. Uh, it sounds like they talk about how they fix things. Does it get into like what it was like for them to kind of see this ship catching on fire with the people in it? Uh, not really. Um, what they, what they kind of do is, uh, um, more, more than anything, it shows the disconnect between, because these are all just engineers working, working in a room outside of where the astronauts are. It, it really kind of shows the disconnect between the different departments where um I where i, I don't want to say it kind of uh dehumanizes but like there's a a definite disconnect between like 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 if you heard about a, an airplane crash you would be like oh man that's terrible you know or or um what what can we do about that to make it better because like um uh what's the best way to say it uh the the people that that were involved in mission control didn't have much to do with the disaster that was Apollo one. Um, like it was mm-hmm. like, it was like a bunch of design flaws and, and engineering mishaps. Yeah. So like, so like there, there wasn't really much that those guys could do, but because of what happened, the people that worked in that room, whenever there was an issue, they were given the opportunity to speak up and bring it to the forefront rather than keep their mouths shut to, uh, to, to uh, move the, the time along. Okay. Yeah, it's, it sounds a little bit like, uh, kind of like it works kind of parallel to, you know, how like a lot of war stuff's done now. Where it's like, yeah, some guy in some room is deciding to, you know, hey, we should bomb this area or something. But then the people on the ground are the ones doing it. And there's like a divide there between. Yeah, like the disconnect between the, the guy. What you're doing and where it ends up. Yeah, yeah. The guy ordering the bomb to drop and the guy who pushes the button to drop the bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the so things, you're like working on one piece of it, but then you're not even really there when it's all coming together and failing or succeeding. Right. Um, one of the things that the movie kind of points out is like how accurate Apollo 13 is. Um, I was wondering. Okay. And um, it from from what I've seen th- from like a bunch of stuff, like all the stuff that happens in Apollo 13 happened. Um, like all of like. The uh, and this is just I'm just going to roll right into my Apollo 13 discussion uh, flawlessly, and um, <laughs> and so like if if you're unaware, Apollo 13 was the 13th mission of the Apollo space program. Um, um, on Apollo 11, they landed on the moon as when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin landed on the moon. Um, Apollo 12, they landed on the moon again, and and everything was fine. Apollo 13, they was a uh, they went to go to the moon again, and on the way there, there was an explosion on on the ship. There was there was a long story short. There was an explosion that blew up part of the ship. 
Um, and the movie Apollo 13 is the story of getting the three astronauts, um, Tom Hanks, Bill Paxton, and Kevin Bacon back to earth. And it is a wonderful story. And uh, while I was watching it this, this time, um, I realized that, what is it? What are you doing? Sorry, I opened a wrapper. <laughs> Didn't realize it was quite so audible. <laughs> I will. I'll mute the rest of this endeavor. <laughs> Continue your story. <laughs> um. So, so um. So Tom Hanks and and Bill Paxton and Kevin Bacon are are trying to get back to Earth, working with um, Mission Control. Uh, in Houston, and uh, and it tells the story of like everything that went wrong during this mission, and and eventually, and spoiler alert, they make it back to Earth, and um, so the uh, the thing that I liked most about watching Apollo thirteen for the, for this hundredth time is that there's no real antagonist to the movie, like like everyone in the movie, the the, the antagonist of the movie is fate. Is just like here's another thing that goes wrong. Here's another thing that goes wrong. Now, now, hey, you, the smartest people in the world, figure out a way to solve this problem. It's just, it's just this, a constant series of opportunities presented to these. What are you, what are you eating now? For crying out loud, <laughs> <laughs> man! Realize my mic was so sensitive. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> you must know it was a piece of cheese. Oh, all right. Cool. American? <laughs> uh, cheddar. Yeah, all right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was saying. Um, um, but, oh, yeah, the, the, the antagonist of the movie, like... Like no one in the movie Man versus nature and fate. Yeah, like there's nobody in the movie who's like, I'm gonna get these astronauts or or we're gonna we're gonna get these astronauts once and for all or hey, the funding isn't there to save these guys. Why don't we just leave them up there in space anyway? Like it's really it's really a story of human um humans coming together to solve a much larger problem. And uh it's 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 exciting and every time I watch it it's it's a thrill ride. Like it's a great it's a great movie. And and it's it's such a good movie that anytime I hear that Ron Howard has made a movie, I'm like, Ooh, I wonder if it'll be as good as Apollo thirteen. And they never are. <laughs> they never is. They never are. Um but yeah, Apollo thirteen is a great movie, and uh, if you if you haven't seen it, you sh- you should. It's it's a great story. It's a great. It's well acted, well produced, great, great cinematography, great special effects. Just it's just all around. Like the movie's almost twenty five years old now, and it still looks dynamite. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, really gets you pumped about the the triumph of the human spirit. Like how how all these people can come together to solve to solve a much larger problem. It, it's it's a real feel good movie. <laughs> well, not to crap all over that, but I didn't really care for it that much. <laughs> <laughs> but but I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was bad. I also saw it at a, at, at the drive-in, so that that might have. Uh, Is that, that the only part of it? Is that like, the only time you've seen it? Yeah, I've only seen it once. Oh. You should watch uh, it again. I'd like to see how you feel about it. I'll I'll check it out, but I think first first things first, I think I'll check out that documentary. Um that sounds really good. Yeah, it's it's quite good. It um it definitely um especially if you're if you're into space race stuff, like it, it shows you like these people uh how they how they would how they just were how they just were like it's it's great and there's like a lot of um there's a lot of documentary footage that they that they show and the thing that was a little a little confusing about the documentary footage is that they they overlay some uh like sound effects with it which is a little odd like you can tell like this is like newsreel footage that doesn't have any sound but then they uh they like overlay some Foley guy in on yeah, it. There's like Foley work to it. And you're like, well, this is, this takes you out of it a little bit, but, uh, but overall I'd say it was pretty good. 
pretty good documentary. Especially when they get it wrong and like one part of the station smashing into another part <laughs> instead of like crashing noises, you get like that <laughs> like a clown nose sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Bozo the Clown noises that don't really work. Interesting choices. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely check out those two movies. Sounds good. That's really all I have to say. Yeah, I, I, I'm willing to give I'm willing to give Apollo 13 another chance. I actually kind of have always had that Ron Howard feel since then, like uh-huh. from then. Um, but you know, I uh, I like to think that I'm a little bit less of a prick now than I was then. So I've, I, I I probably went into that looking for it to be bad. Um, and just going, that's eh, all right. So we'll see. Who knows? Maybe I'm just as much of a prick and we'll come back and I'll say, Hey, I checked it out again. And it still was moderately. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's like one of those classic Tom Hanks dad movies where, where it's like Tom Hanks put in a position where he needs to solve a bunch of problems and he does. Uh-huh. And you're like, all right, this is dad crack. Well, you know, now that you're talking about the actors, um, that might be part of it too. Like I, I, I don't dislike Tom Hanks. I just always felt like he was kind of overrated. Um, but I don't know if you remember this or not. Back in the day, I hated Kevin Bacon. Oh, I don't remember that at all. How can anyone hate Kevin Bacon? That's a good question. I don't know. I have no idea what my problem was with Kevin Bacon. Um, so I'll watch it not at a drive-in and without my Kevin Bacon hatred. <laughs> How do you and, feel about uh, Kevin Bacon today? Uh, you know, honestly, I'm kind of indifferent, but I think he's he's grown on me a bit because I have such a s- soft spot in my heart for tremors. <laughs> um, you know, like uh-huh. <laughs> like if you've been in a place for a while and eventually you go, oh, this place actually somehow has become my home. Uh, Kevin Bacon's grown on me in that way <laughs> where tremors has become – this thing that's sort of a sentimental attachment. So I think maybe if I go back into it now, I'll be able to go like, Hey, Kevin Bacon's on screen. Cause that, that actually is how my response is now when he pops up. I'm not exactly a fan, but when he pops up, I'll be like, Hey, Kevin Bacon's here. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see. The, um, and that's the end of that, I guess. <laughs> well, like I, I just wanted to put because I'm looking her up right now. The woman that plays Tom Hanks's wife in Apollo 13 does another. She's an excellent job too. It's an actress named Kathleen Quinlan. And I was wondering, like, what else has she been in? Mm-hmm. And uh, not much. She she really hasn't been in that much. Well, no, I take that back. She's she hasn't been in anything high profile really. Like she's in a she's she works a lot. Looking at her IMDb thing, but like. Like you never really saw her again, but she's excellent. See, I don't remember anything about his wife, and but the, you know, like you said, it's been twenty five years. Yeah, the stuff they they deal with some of the family stuff uh, in Apollo thirteen, like what what's going on with with Jim Lovell's family and and like the other astronauts' families, and um, and Kevin Bacon doesn't have a family in in the movie. He's a, he's like the first single astronaut, the first bachelor astronaut, and. Uh, and so, like they don't I remember even, that they don't even bother like going along with his. Uh, they don't even check in with his parents or anything like that. It's like if you're not married, you don't matter. He's like that guy from uh, Skyscraper, who's like uh, when when The Rock is like, man, if I didn't have my family, I'd be a fucking right, loser. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> yeah. like, like me, he's like, yeah, yeah, loser. Oh, you know what? I just remembered another movie that I watched this week. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I forgot all You're about gonna it. You're going to have a lot to put on your list. Mission Mission Control made me uh made me forget about it till just now. Um I also watched Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh. So I'll talk about that well, last. Buckle in, listeners. You got an hour and a half left of this show. Yeah. <laughs> we got 20 movies to review. Making up this is the uh, after Thanksgiving special. Right, if yeah. you felt bloated before, wait till um, you listen to the rest of this podcast. So that, that brings us to you. And since you saw the new Harry uh, Harry Potter wizard movie, that means you went to the movie theater. Which I means, did. Which means, I guess, it's time for Preview Corner? Indeed it is. Which is a fan favorite. Well, 
Excellent, because uh, there were about a thousand previews before this, and uh, let's see, there was a preview for a movie called, and I, I saw this movie with one of my best friends. Uh, her name's Heather, and um, the Heather we, that I know? And she's a huge no different Heather, oh. um, and she and I have lots of Harry Potter conversations with one another. She's a huge Harry Potter fan. She. Uh, uh, Gifted me the audiobooks of Harry Potter. They call them potheads. Yeah, she's a real pothead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, and she gifted me the audio the the British audiobooks of Harry Potter the the whole series. And I gotta say, if you're at all a Harry Potter fan, listen to them. Find them some way or another because they take the the narration. In those audiobooks, is so good that like every sentence, and, and I think J.K. Rowling's a pretty great storyteller, but not necessarily an amazing like writer in terms of like sentence structure and you know like kind of the poetic like uh, flow of things. Uh-huh. But the narration is so perfect that it just it, it makes everything sound amazing. Um, so anyway. Anyway, so so we're we're big potheads, but not in that we smoke pot. Just that we like Harry Potter a lot. Anyway, <laughs> that should edit in there perfect. <laughs> so anyway, um, so what was I saying? So we went and saw Fantastic Beasts, uh, and so preview corner may involve a little bit of uh, dialogue between the two of us. Uh, so first, we saw a preview for a movie called Ugly Dolls, um, and it didn't look particularly good. It, it just looked like your run-of-the-mill sort of CGI, I don't know, Trolls, uh, Emoji Movie. Oh, I saw Angry a trailer Birds for this. Like, stuff. like It's like dolls that, that people don't want kind of a thing. Toys that people I don't, don't want. I don't even know. I just know it was a lot of pop music. And that's oh, all I got. It it didn't look particularly great. I uh, I th- I did see this trailer and I agree. It didn't look very good at all. It looked very bland. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It just looked like well, that's that's not interesting at all. But you know, it had that feel of like, but there are colors, so they'll be able to sell it to kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> and then there was a preview for a movie. That I didn't catch the title of. I had to look it up later. Um, it's called Five Feet Apart. Um, and so, so hear me out on this. Don't don't turn off the podcast halfway through me saying this. It's a movie about two kids with cystic fibrosis, uh-huh. um, and it looked like an absolute piece of shit. Um, because, but because you hate kids with cystic fibrosis. No. <laughs> no, that's not why. Um, no, it just looked like you know, like uh, the, the there was just a movie out called The Fault in Our Stars, right? And it looked like just a fucking rip off of that. And if it's not, then sorry. But did you ever make a did you ever see that, that movie? makes it? I did not. I didn't either. Uh, uh, to be honest, I didn't think that looked particularly good either. But I want to be clear here: <laughs> it's not. It's not the subject matter. You hate people with disabilities. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, no, it's, it's not, it's not that the the subject matters bad, Uh you know, and, and it's not that there aren't important messages in these things. It's that those people don't deserve love. And that, (laughs) (laughs) no, it's, it's that, uh, they seem to be able to, or or be happy to take something that is serious and just fucking, you know, like uh, like take advantage of it, uh-huh. like and just go like, here's this shitty lazy writing, but because this is an important thing, will you know you should you just have to like it because it's an ex- um, it's an exploitable, um, yeah, uh, exploitable exactly, yeah. And so, like, in the preview, there's just, like, every line is some stupid cliche. And then there's one point where the girl's like, oh, yeah, I've been uh, I've been spending my life working on my treatment, but I should be using my treatment so that I can live my life. And I'm like, you know what? There is a message in that. 
but this is just so trite and shitty that it, it it's kind of insulting. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't have cystic fibrosis, but on on behalf of people who are actually struggling with things, I'm like, they deserve better than this crap. But I probably sounded like a real asshole in the theater because instead of explaining all that, everyone in the theater is watching this preview about these dying kids. And then it goes silent, and I turn to my friend and go, well, that's a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) you know. Um, I saw a preview for a movie called Sherlock and Holmes, which is Will Ferrell and that guy that's always in movies with Will Ferrell. John C. Riley. Correct. And they are doing kind of exactly what you would expect from the two of them making a Sherlock Holmes movie. It's just like they're both kind of idiots. And um, my guess is there are a lot of people who are going to love it. I, I'm uh, going to I can't wait to see it. I think it looks quite good. I think the trailer was <laughs> terrible, but like the two, of, the two of them and their movies together are are a home run almost every time for me. Yeah, and and I think that for a lot of people that's the case where like it it just hits their funny bone the right way and they're gonna love it and I would probably hate it. Um, like I watched Step Brothers and I was like I don't get it. I'm not enjoying this at all. Um, but I, I would imagine that because I mean most people like it. You know, most people thought that movie was hilarious. So I'd imagine a lot of people are gonna like this. So. Yeah, I like Step Brothers. There's that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw another preview for the Spider-Man, uh, into the Spider-Verse. Is that, is that what it's called? Yes. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know if this movie is going to be good, but I keep getting interested. And, and this preview was, was a different preview, a whole different cut. Um, and it seemed like the whole point of the trailer was to say, uh, in, in just as many words, like, this is weird. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and it's working for me because I'm like, cool, it's going to be really weird. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. I, I can't uh, wait to see it. I think it looks, I think it looks really cool. Well, and, and the idea of like just doing something that is, I, I mean, I think they have a lot more room to do this with something that is animated mm-hmm. than they would with a, you know, like a live action movie. And, and I know things have kind of pushed the envelope, you know, there's been like Deadpool, there's been uh, Logan, you know, where they take things in a pretty different direction. But this one just like looks like they're like kind of postmodern. We're going to break all the reality rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm pretty stoked about it. Um, let's see. So after that, there was a preview for Bumblebee, um, the, oh, the new Transformer. Transformers movie. Which yeah. uh, which the only reason I might have hope for that is because Michael Bay isn't involved. Yeah. It still looks like it's got kind of a similar feel. Um, There's lots of epic music in the preview that's like, and not just like commanding epic music, like, oh, you know, like this is huge and things are exploding, but like epic music, like, wow, this is a real journey type of thing. Right. It's a little strange when it's a girl buying a car. Mm-hmm. Um, But uh, I will say that the Transformers actually look right. So they they actually show Optimus Prime in the preview, yeah, and he looks like the way it was drawn instead of this just random hodgepodge of car parts. Um, so I don't actually have hope for the movie, but I do kind of want to watch it just to see what I actually wanted to see since I was a little kid, which is that Optimus Prime real, right? Um, so so I don't know. I might end up seeing it. Yeah. Who knows? My son and loves. I probably won't. My son loves Bumblebee, so I'm thinking I might take. Did, did it say when that movie comes out? Because I don't even know. Uh, I think it's. I think it's next month. Oh, really? That soon? Okay. Yeah, I might take my yeah, son I think to see going that. For the Christmas thing and the Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Oh man, can't wait to see that. Uh, well, you know what? <laughs> I was gonna say, tell me what you think of Bumblebee, but considering. We do a podcast together about how we feel about movies. Uh, I think there's a good chance you will. Uh, Next in Preview Corner, I saw another uh, advertisement for – I forget the name, but it's something Battle Angel. Oh, Alita Uh, Battle Angel? Alita. There we go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you've 
if you, if you know, listeners recall my previous experiences with previews for this movie, I've been getting more and more excited and curious about it. And then I saw this one, um, and it does not look good. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it kind of like the uh, that one I was just talking about a minute ago with the with the poor dying kids. Um, there's just tons of cliche lines in this preview. Um, there's one point where I guess the girl's boyfriend, or I'm sure love interest, I'm sure he's her boyfriend by the end of the movie. Uh, he's like, you're the most human person I know. And I was just like, oh, I want to throw up. Um, <laughs> it's just shitty, shitty cliche dialogue. Um, and then it also, it also showed a lot of parts to the movie that I hadn't seen before. And it looks like a fair amount of the movie is actually about her fighting in some sort of tournament. Um, so I, I kind of get the sense that maybe it's got kind of a Hunger Games thing going, where it's like, oh, you're going to watch lots of fighting and action and battling, but then there's going to be some framing story that you know, you're know you resisting some sort of larger system. And I don't know. It, it, it took the wind out of my sails on this movie. Um, uh, is that based on a uh, like a book series or anything? I, you know, I don't know a ton about it. I ran across something online, um, like on YouTube, uh, the other day that said that there's it's got a pretty bad production story. Oh, like there, really? There have been a lot of delays and stuff. Um, I think it was originally supposed to come out. Yeah, yeah. I think it was originally supposed to come out like over a year ago. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, so who knows about that one? I may not be going to the theater for it after all. Uh, um, and then I saw a preview for there are actually two more left, but um, Mortal Engines, the next Peter Jackson movie, uh, which I've seen some other previews for and looked terrible, and and this one. This preview uh, included a little clip with Peter Jackson at the beginning talking, which kind of gave me the impression that he thinks it's terrible, too, because he looked bored as fuck. Oh, like is he, he just the director of it or just the producer? Uh, I'm going to guess director, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know for sure. Um, and he, I mean, he just did not look like he even wanted to be on screen talking about it. Really? Like, okay. If you're not excited about your movie... Why should I be right? Um, and then the preview itself was—it uh, had different clips from the other ones I've seen, but it left me with the same feeling of like this just doesn't look interesting at all. Right. Um, and then there's one actress in it who who just is—I mean, if, whoever's editing these previews, if you have a movie that's I don't know, probably between two and a half and three hours long. Um, you should be able to cut out some clips where the line delivery doesn't sound awful. Um, so not a great sign there. Right. And then, and you'll be excited about this one. Oh boy. Is it a Coca-Cola commercial? No, it's a commercial for Aquaman. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a Coke commercial since, since you, you know, you want to take a little venture into Coke corner. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, it, it was the first time that I've seen the preview or the commercial with someone with me. So I was kind of explaining to my friend throughout the commercial, wait, he's going to get angry. <laughs> it's coming. And then he's like, yeah, so, you know, you do whatever you want. I'm going to keep drinking Coke. <laughs> so, same idea. People are bitter and very defensive about drinking Diet Coke. I still don't know why. There must be some sort of, I don't know, dark web thing going on against Diet Coke that they're they're trying to fight in advance in the mainstream world, but we don't yet know what the conflict is. Right. Um so Aquaman. Um Yeah. It's <laughs> I'm i I'm starting to I'm starting to just find Jason Momoa annoying. Uh-huh. Uh so and and throughout the preview it's just each each line he had, I was like, yeah, that's kind of annoying. That's kind of annoying. All I can That's picture him annoying. all I can picture him saying is Well the lights just flickered in my house. All I can picture him saying is That's a weird line. Is um yeah. He says that it all Game the, of Thrones? He says it all the time. Like that, that classic Game of Thrones scene where the power goes out. <laughs> Oh, that you trans you translated it from Dothraki. Right, yeah, yeah. That's why it sounds that's why it sounds weird. 
Um, it's like translating something to German and then back to English. Um, but all so, I can, pic- I all can I can picture him saying is "Yeah," like that's from from Justice League. That's the only line I can imagine him saying is "Yeah, well, my man." Yeah, well, that's what a lot of his lines are like. He's like, "Yeah, this is awesome." Mm-hmm. Like, stop trying to tell me it's awesome. Yeah, just be awesome. Um, and like, there's there's one point in the preview where they need some water and some girl does something cool to suck the sweat off of his body and then put it on the thing. And he's like, you could have just peed on it. Wink. Right. Like each line has this sort of like, yeah, what I'm saying is so 14 year old humor. Um, that I don't know. Maybe I'm just turning into a grumpy old man, but I got no room for that. Right. So, uh, and I noticed that there's now I've never actually, I don't think I've ever actually seen power Rangers, but That's a shame. there are, I doubt it. <laughs> um, but there, but there are some some villains that show up in in Aquaman that I'm pretty sure are actually completely a ripoff design from uh, from Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. So you know, go online since apparently you've seen Power Rangers. Go online and check out the newest preview and see what I'm talking about. Oh, I've seen the the latest one that came out like uh, this past weekend, but. Um... Are you talking about like the Black Manta uh character? The guy with the the bowl on his head? Yeah. Yeah, isn't that like a straight look from the comic? You're a DC guy. I don't know. I I don't I've never read an Aquaman comic and I don't think he's shown up in much of the things that I have seen, so I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. It did it didn't look familiar to me other than to go it looks like a Power Ranger villain. But I guess it might not be. Yeah, well, I read the first 12 issues or so of, like, the new 52 Aquaman, and it was huh? cool. I was like, this is a cool comic book. I'm into this. And then, like, there were no more issues that I could acquire, um, and so I stopped reading it. But I was like, this is a cool comic book. I'm enjoying this. So, oh, good. So hopefully it's kind of based on that uh, a little bit, but uh, I, I doubt it. <laughs> I also, and this is not, uh, this is sort of the silver screen version. Oh, wait, no, the silver screen's the big one, right? Yeah. Little screen. <laughs> the, the TV. Right. I saw a preview more recently for a movie called Anna and the Apocalypse, which is a zombie musical. Oh. And uh, I won't say a lot about it because, uh, you know, it wasn't on the big screen, but it looks interesting. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that See, was pretty Told you there corner. was a lot in previous. Yeah, that was a big. <laughs> well, it's a, your winter tentpole is that Harry Potter movie. Yeah. So speaking of that. Well, like, before we talk about that, did you see the first Fantastic Beast movie? I'm sure you did. I did, and I, I think I might have talked about it on here, but uh, you know, I might, I might not have, might not have. Um, I didn't like it. Okay, I never saw uh, it. I had no interest in it at all, and I loved the yeah. Harry Potter movies. Well, there's nothing interesting about it. Uh, it's uh, yeah, I, I think I did talk about it on here because they're okay. So there are like kind of four main characters, and two are the main main characters, and then two are their friends. Like one's one of the main character's sister, and the other one is the main character's friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're kind of getting together as a couple. Spoiler alert for that fucking movie. <laughs> um, but they, it's actually the 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 B plot characters that are the most interesting and appealing and just like likable uh-huh. in that movie. And strangely enough, their little romance B plot is the best part of the entire movie. The rest of it just didn't do anything for me. It's, it's kind of all over the place. Um, and this movie is a bit of an improvement from that. I don't want to say it's a big improvement, um, but like Eddie Redmayne, is the main character, this guy, Newt Scamander, who he's kind of like Hagrid. He just loves animals. Uh Um, but he's socially awkward sort of, um, in the first movie, it was all over the place. He, he would like have a hard time making eye contact, but then sometimes he would just be straight up talking to people like he was comfortable as hell. Mm -hmm. Um, in this one, it's a little more tamed down and a little bit more consistent. Um, the, the, characters that were so likable in the first one 
don't exactly have as much screen time, and I, I won't spoil stuff there. I just say they're not on screen as much. Um, and the Eddie Redmayne's a little bit better. The woman, the main woman character, doesn't get much more to do in this film, so she's still kind of could just not be there. Um, the plot's a little bit more consistent in this movie. Yeah. Um, it's a little complicated. It, it can be a little bit difficult to like put the pieces together. Um, like as it's going, like my friend and I afterwards were, uh, kind of going back through it and going like, Hey, wait, is this what happened? Is this what happened? Um, as I think anybody who's seen a preview knows, so potential spoiler, if you haven't seen a preview, uh, Dumbledore's in this movie. Um, played by Jude Law. Uh-huh. Um, and... Dumbledore? I th- Are you singing that song? No, it's from the Lego movie. Where, oh, where right. Gandalf and Dumbledore are talking to each other. Good movie. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good movie. Um, and so, I, I, I'm not a huge Jude Law fan, but I thought he was fine. Um, so... Uh, overall, I'd say, because I don't want to spoil a lot here, um, I'd say that the tone's kind of all over the place, but things are a little less clunky than the first movie. And if you're into this universe and found the first one to be kind of disappointing, this one will probably be more worth your time. Um, but it does, it does, I, I'll say this much. It feels like the whole movie's kind of leading to a punchline that comes at the end of the movie. And at the end, I was like, oh, cool. Now I'm interested in what happens next. And it's the end. So it's kind of like, well, I wish they had, I wish this had just been the first one and they hadn't bothered with the first one because uh-huh. spending two movies to get you to a point of being interested kind of sucks. Right. Um, so, you know, that's – I think that's really all I have to say about it. I don't know. You have any questions about it, things you're curious about? Not really. Like, to me, the, these movies just seem like a cash grab where they're, where, where they're like, we ran out of Harry Potter books. Now we're just going to make Harry Potter prequels. Yeah. Like, it, like it, how HBO is making a Game of Thrones prequel uh, right. TV show. And I'm like, well, I don't, I'm not really that interested in that. Yeah. You're just chasing I, I the money. Feel this, yeah, I feel the same way, um, but also had hoped, you know, because I think J.K. Rowling does have, you know, really good ideas. It'll be a big idea that she can flesh out uh-huh. amongst a lot of, you know, sub-stories. Right. Um, but, you know, even with Harry Potter, until I read the books, I think I had seen like four of the movies and mm. gone, I don't know, this doesn't feel like much. But then eventually they all come together and kind of in reverse. I can I can enjoy the first and second and third story. Well, first and second. The third one I thought was actually always pretty good. I can enjoy them more as part of a bigger bigger story. Right. Um, and with these movies, I was like, there better be a bigger overarching story to bring this all together. And, and I think by the end of this movie, I was starting to have that feel. Like, oh, there's actually – Maybe some substance here. They have a plan. Um, yeah, but man, <clears throat> five hours worth of movies a long time to get there. Oh, it's two and a half hours. I think that yeah, I think they both are. Oh wow, I, I could be wrong. They might just they might be a little shorter than that, but I don't think so. Hmm. And it's a lot of filler. It's a lot of especially the first one. It's a lot of filler. And and when it comes to the Fantastic Beasts part of it, they're just shoehorned in there like these animals. They'll give them things to do to sort of justify them being there. Yeah. But, like, they're not a story in and of themselves. The whole – it should just have a different title, and they can cut them right out. It wouldn't matter. Right. Except for kids. You know, kids like to see creatures. Right. I'm, I'm sure adults do, too, but it, it just doesn't – it's not important. Sea creatures? Are we talking about Aquaman again? Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> We can move on. I, I'm done with, with Fantastic Beasts. Oh, speaking of hilarious jokes, I wrote a joke uh, at a wedding last week. Uh, friends of ours, Pat and Heather, got married. Congratulations, Pat and Heather. Uh, and I wrote a joke, and you get to hear it. Are you prepared? 
Yeah. Hey, Matt. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's that orange fruit that won't get married on a whim? Uh, I, I don't know. A careful orange? Nope, nope, nope. Am I supposed to keep guessing? Yep. <laughs> uh, a peach? Nope. A, a nectarine? Nope. Well, let me let me let me say the question again, but like in its original. That's like the edited version of the joke. I got a lot of feedback on the joke. Let me see if this helps you out. What's that orange fruit that comes from a melon that won't get edit or won't get married on a whim? I don't know, Nick. What is it? <laughs> no, this is great radio. <laughs> A cantaloupe. Oh. Hilarious nice. joke. Hilarious joke. Hilarious joke. Not not bad. Not yeah. Bad. It's a great joke. Uh, I agree with you. It's a great joke. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, yeah. Um. So what? we've got like nine movies. Nine left, more right? movies to go and about 10 minutes to do it in. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll go next. Well, I'll tell you what, wait, hang on. Actually, there, there's a pretty easy segue here and I'll make it quick. Oh my God. I'm being uh, attacked by a spider. Watch. Oh no. Don't worry. I took care of it. Okay. It was a- Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, having gone through all this Harry Potter stuff. It's a little bit difficult to divorce that from the rest of the movies and stuff, you know, and the stories in book or audio book form. Uh-huh. Um, as its own movie, it's flawed but charming. Mm-hmm. The child acting's pretty bad. The adult acting's great. The story's kind of here and there. You know, there's some stuff thrown in there for just the hell of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it holds together decently, especially with the rest of the story. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So we'll we'll find out where that goes in my list of favorites and least favorites okay. in a little bit. Yeah, I, I have a tough time. Like I, I've wanted to go back and watch like the Harry Potter movies again. And at this point, I think I'm just going to wait till my kids are a little older and, and then watch them, read the books with them, and watch them. But like those first yeah. two movies that are directed by Chris, Chris Christopher Columbus, is that Christopher right? Columbus. Um, yeah. Guy really gets around, discovered the new world, and directed Harry Potter. Hilarious joke. And. Uh, the uh like going back to watch those it, it almost feels like a pain to have to go back and sit through the first couple movies uh because the yeah. first couple movies is when they're you could tell they're trying to cram as much of the books into the movies and then yeah. is it around the third one where they just start chopping up the the books where they're like like a lot of stuff that's in the books doesn't make it to the movies well, yeah, uh, the books become a lot more expansive, so they're actually editing it down rather than just going, hey, why don't we keep everything in, even if it's not really connected to the plot. Yeah. Which is weird, man, because I didn't even realize it till this week, but that first movie, that's almost two and a half hours long. Yeah, I remember it being really long, yeah. And there's a lot they could cut out. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um, all right, so then that brings me to my next movie. Which was the Goonies, which which is from 1985, directed by Richard Donner. What more is there to say about the Goonies other than it's terrific? Um, I watched it with my son, who just turned six, and uh, and uh, he loved it. He thought it was great, which was a lot of fun for me. Uh, there's like some scary parts in it, and he was like, "Oh, this is scary," and I'm like, "It's okay to be scared. Let's watch the movie." <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, he, we, he made it through the whole thing and he thought it was a lot of fun. It made him want to make like a treasure map and like all this stuff. Like it was, it was exactly the experience that I wanted him to have watching it. Um, now the one thing that I forgot about the Goonies is that they swear a lot in that movie. Like the kid, like the kids like say shit and bullshit left and right. And, uh, Uh you're like, every time they say it, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, well, and, and, you know, we actually touched on the Goonies once before, I think in our episode about life force, um, and, and you and I, and Scott all talked about it. Um, but you hadn't, uh, hadn't had Alex with you and it sounds like it's, it's a ton more fun. It was, it was a lot. Although I think, I think even then you were still loving on it. I think Scott was saying it was, uh, 
he found the kids kind of annoying as an adult. Oh, they are totally annoying as an adult. But like when you watch it, you kind of like you kind of watch it as a kid again, where you're like, this is awesome. Also, it's cool to see yeah. Josh Brolin as a as a young guy, um, and to see where his career has really taken off in the last couple of years. Um, yeah, and uh, and also Sean Astin, who's Mikey in it. Um, I I really can't stand him as an, as an actor. Um, I think he's really full of himself. Um, after we finished watching the Goonies, um, uh, this is like a long, a longer story, but, um, like a few, few weeks ago, um, I was talking to my son about the Lord of the Rings books and I, and I like hyped it up like crazy for him. I'm like, there's these elves and they live in the woods and there's dwarves and hobbits and wizards and, and magic and, and volcanoes and magic rings. And he's like, wow, that sounds amazing. And I'm like, it does, doesn't it? It sounds great. And, uh, and I'm like, well, I'll go get the book from downstairs. So I went downstairs to get the, you know, the big Lord of the Rings book and I bring it upstairs and I, I sit down next to him and we're going to read it. And he goes, where are the pictures, daddy? And I go, oh, there are no pictures in this book. There's just maps. <laughs> and he's like, and he goes, there's no pictures. Well, then that's not a book, daddy. And I'm like, it's, I'm like, it's okay. It's a, just, just go with it. Like use your imagination. And I read like the first paragraph and he's like, I don't want to listen to this anymore. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, I don't imagine that Lord of the Rings really is like six year old level. <laughs> Yeah, storytelling. It's, it's it's a little beyond him at this point. Like I, I got some some advice from people I work with. Like maybe start with the Hobbit if you're desperate to get him into Tolkien a little bit. But well, um, how about this? Maybe start with some toys. Yeah, and like act it out for him. Well, you, you know, know what? Your little tree for tree beard. Well, you know what I did? You can put is, him to sleep um, if you need to because he talks real slowly. What I did was uh, I put on the movie, the first Fellowship of the Ring book movie, and we watched like the first half hour of that. And he was into it. Really? Yeah, he was into it. He was getting a little scared uh, because we got to the part where where Frodo and Merry and Pippin all meet up. Frodo, Sam, Merry and Pippin meet up. And then like the ring wraith is like sniffing the air around them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shows up at like a Buckleberry Ferry, right? Yeah. And uh, that started freaking my son out. He was like, I don't like this anymore. And I'm like, well, you're you're in luck. It's time to eat dinner. So uh, we haven't we haven't gotten back to it, but up until that part, he was pretty into it. So I was like, "All right." Yeah. But uh, I, we didn't. Well, finish it is a lot of cute imagery and stuff. Yeah, like you know, the with first... the little hobbits having their parties and stuff. Yeah the um, the beginning of the movie is real kid friendly. Um. But anyway, back to the Goonies. Uh, I don't have anything yeah. else to add other than Christopher Columbus, who we were just talking about, has a screenwriting credit for it. Great. Yep. The end. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Goonies has my thumbs up, too. Uh, Although, then, if you never saw it as a kid, it probably is just annoying. Yeah, if you try to watch it for the first time as an adult, it's got to be obnoxious. Um, Incredibles 2, I watched. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I liked it. I thought it was okay. Uh, I think the first Incredibles movie is better. Um, this one, I thought, was basically the exact same movie. Uh, yeah. Just with the roles reversed, and um, and they spend a lot of time on the the kid Jack Jack being being weird, um, but but overall, I mean, it was it's fine. My son liked it; he liked it a lot. My daughter liked it. Um, this, it was it was fine. Like I don't really have anything negative to say about it. Um, that's it. Yeah the end (laughs) it's it's okay yeah it's okay like it's not as good as the first one but but few things are it's still better than any fantastic four movie um the only thing that i that's true the only thing that i think is a little uh disappointing about it is that the main bad guy from the end of the first movie and the beginning of the second one the underminer um they never catch him like he's still on the loose well if they decide they want to make more money and do a third one, then they still have someone available to do it with. Yeah. Um, and then uh, what was your other movie? Oh, are, or, are we done now? No, I have one more. Do you have one more? Uh, my my last one is just really for the list. Okay, then I'll I'll go ahead with uh, yeah, yeah Mission Imp- Mission Impossible Six, Mission Impossible Fallout. 
This movie was kick ass. It was, it was great. The story doesn't make a lick of sense. I don't understand what's going on. I don't remember the last one. <laughs> um, I don't really remember the last one very much, but uh, this movie was awesome. Like, what a fun action movie! And and so it's like fun for your eyeballs. Yeah, and and like you're like like the story doesn't matter if it doesn't make any sense. Like people are people pop up and and it's just like all the other Mission Impossible movies. The action sequences are really good, and you know how Tom Cruise does his own stunts and stuff. Yeah. Um, like knowing that while watching the movie really adds this level of excitement to the experience. Where you're like, like I've seen the making. There's like this one motorcycle accident scene where he gets like knocked off a bike. And and that was like a real stunt that he did, and like watching it That's happen. That's funny because I saw that in the preview, and it looked CGI. It does look CGI, but like like I watched him do it, and and it, it it and you're like, wow, like that looks that's amazing that they that he actually did that, and and like like it really adds this level of realism to the movie that like most most uh, action movies today, like for instance, like we were talking about skyscraper again, like in the movie skyscraper, it never feel, it never feels like they're in a building that's on fire. Like all the fire is added in later. Whereas in this movie, when he's like riding around on a motorcycle, like you really feel like he's driving around a motorcycle in Paris and, and like, like the action feels very real. It feels like a, like a, like one of the first or second born identity movies where, where everything is real visceral, everything feels feels exciting, kinetic. kinetic. Yeah, great word, and um, it's just a lot of fun to watch. Like, well, like what a great what a great action movie. Like, it's not the smartest movie, it's not going to win any awards, but like, it's the kind of movie that I wish I had seen in the theater. Huh. Okay. Um, totally worth checking out. Mission Impossible Fallout, and um. And the fact that Henry Cavill had to have a mustache in this movie, like, did you hear about that whole thing? Like, yeah, they in, like had to CGI his mustache away in Justice League reshoots. Right. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense why he needed to have a mustache for this movie. But I'm so glad that he did. The facial hair in this movie is so ridiculous. Like, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many crazy mustaches and beards on people. Like, it's, it's like, um, it, like, it's like you went to a fancy coffee shop and just hired everyone in there with the beard, with the beard or mustache and said, all right, you guys are in the movie. Mission Impossible, done by hipsters. Right, yeah, it's hipster fallout. Hipster uh, Impossible. Yeah, but a totally, a totally cool movie. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. And uh, Henry, right, and on. it's like the, one of the first movies where I really liked Henry Cavill. I thought he was great in it. Um, I yeah, think, he hasn't really, I don't think, impressed too many people with his acting. Yeah, uh, like I think he's a he looks good as a Superman, but he hasn't had a good script. And like this makes me think, well, if he had a good script, he'd be a really great Superman. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of a waste and a shame how uh, aside from Wonder Woman, how much the last. I don't know what ten years now, not eight years of DC stuff has just been just one big blown opportunity. Yeah, Zack Snyder garbage. That's yeah. that's the only reason that I have any f- hope for this Aquaman movie is that it's it's got nothing to do with Zack Snyder again, other than the 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 casting of uh, Jason Momoa yeah. uh, as Aquaman. Like I'm hoping I'm hoping for another like wonder woman experience where you go in expecting nothing and you come out uh okay with it you're like oh that was okay because uh have you seen wonder woman again like have you seen it twice yet Uh, i've seen wonder woman two and two-thirds times not as good the second time but still still a decent movie i i i all three times enjoyed the first two-thirds of the movie Immensely. Uh-huh. And I will happily sit down and watch the first two thirds of the movie again. Yeah. But like when I saw it the third time, it was also in the theater and I was getting to that third act and I was like, you know, I think I'd rather be doing something else right now. And I just walked out. Yeah. I was wow. just like, all right, okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do something else. And, right. and I still, I love the movie. 
I think it's got great charm. It's super enjoyable. I just don't want to watch any of that interaction with her and the bad guy at the end. It just doesn't do anything. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. The first two acts are great. Yeah. Um, so, so then that yeah. brings us to your final movie on our movie thon. <laughs> yeah. So my final movie, <clears throat> it's a great movie put together by some, some independent thinkers and, and without a ton of money, it's called house shark. <laughs> And I can't wait to place it on my list. Uh, and, uh, you know, he watched House may... Shark again. I did. And I watched it at a party. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, my girlfriend had some people over and, and we had seen it together at Gen Con. And so she wanted to show it to her friends. Um, and I got to say, man, that group of folks loved it. Oh yeah. They weren't watching the whole time. Right. They, they did other things too. Like uh-huh. they would kind of come in and out. Um, but I must've heard people say something along the lines of this movie's fantastic. Uh, or I fucking love this movie, uh, at least seven or eight times. Wow. Okay. Um, so yeah. And some like real, everyone in the room laughing stuff. So if you've got, if you've got a party going on and it's people who, you know, you're not sitting down to, to, you know, watch some sort of like horror movie you've all been waiting for or anything like that. You're, you're looking for fun. Um, this seems to be a great movie to have some laughs with. So house shark, there you go. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, I thought house shark had its moments. I wasn't really a super fan like you are, but, uh, we talked about that movie not not too long ago, so if you're interested no, in a, in a full review of it, check out the uh, archives of episodes. Um, yeah. All right, so then that brings us to our super hot new segment, The Great List. Matt, where would you put the movies you watched this week? Where well, would if you, I'm remembering my, let's, uh, my list from before so, correctly, it's... So you started out today with uh so on your list right now number 1 is as above so below and yes. and at the bottom is contagion. Where yes. does what was the first movie you talked about today? I've already forgotten. Uh that was Fantastic Beasts uh 2. Right. The Crimes of Gellert Grindelwald. Now what movie is that better than? That movie, that that movie is better than Contagion. Really? Okay, I'm gonna write that. Yep. I'm gonna lock it in. Fantastic Beast Two. This is your number two movie. All right. And then, uh, and then, what did you watch? You talked about uh, Sorcerer's Harry Stone, Potter right? and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. Yeah. Where's that one sit for you? Um, that one's gonna sit under As Above, So Below. So it's a number two slot. Okay. Harry Potter Sorcerer. How do you spell sorcerer? S O R C E R E R. S O R C O R E R E R. Oh, there it is. Sorcerer Stone. Okay. Yes. And then you talked about House Shark. Yeah. And where does that go for you? <laughs> this is a tough one. Uh-huh. Because uh, I will say, okay, so about the Fantastic Beast thing. I never want to watch the first one again. I think I do want to watch the second one again. So it's this is tough because things don't always weigh out equally. You know, sometimes it's like, well, I like this movie more for rewatchability. Sometimes it's just really good quality. Like, for instance... Schindler's List. Right. I never want to see that again. Right. But it could go fairly high in a list because it's a quality movie. Sure. Uh, now, in this case, House Shark, it's all about the fun enjoyment, almost like it's a game. Right. And so I don't quite know. Because Fantastic Beasts I want to watch again because I think, uh, I think it's going to fit into something. Um, right. Right. 
I am going to have to put House Shark. Can I do ties? No. Does it have to it has go, to go above, above oh, or below a movie, yeah. <clears throat> Fine. House Shark will go below Fantastic Beasts. Oh, okay. So just but better above than... above Contagion. House Shark. All right. Yeah. So as above, so below. Still the greatest movie of all time to you. <laughs> yes. All right. Exciting. All right. Now we're going to go to my list. Uh, Let's see. What did I talk about today? I talked Every- about Incredibles. I talked about Mission Control. And that was a pretty good documentary, but but I think Peter Rabbit was better than it. So it's going to go at the bottom mission control. And then I talked about Apollo 13, which um, I got to put at the top of the list. <laughs> Apollo okay. 13 goes above Avengers infinity war. Um, and then I talked about uh, the Goonies. Uh where does Goonies go? Uh, oh, God. This is hard. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put Goonies below Apollo 13, but above Infinity War. Goonies. Then I talked about Incredibles 2. And I think Incredibles 2 was not as good as Mission Control. Uh, so that goes at the bottom. Incredibles 2. And then finally I watched Mission Impossible Fallout. And that movie I'm going to put below Iron Man 3. So at like number... I wish this list would like automatically number things for you as you made changes, but it doesn't. So under Iron Man 3, Mission Impossible fallout all right okay so uh if you're interested in seeing what the list is i'm gonna post i'm gonna post a picture of it on the uh on the instagram uh and i think it will also uh post to the facebook if you wanted to to see it there so check us out on instagram or facebook and twitter uh if you want to take a look at our new updated list uh my list is a lot longer than matt's because i saw a ton of more movies um but it's it's just up to us. It's it's our own personal list, and once it's locked in stone, it can never be changed. Um. So uh, I guess that's going to wrap up the show, Matt. Anything to plug? Uh, let's see here. Um, no. Well, actually, you know what? There's there's one thing. It's a product. Um, Diet Coke. If no. No, fuck Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed. You're not allowed to have any Diet Coke. Um, no, it's uh, uh, my my girlfriend just gave me some gloves from Costco, I think, because that's where she buys pretty much everything. Um, and they're from a company called Head, which, you know, I don't know. I guess that's kind of suggestive. But anyway, um, they're, they're really – they're warm, but they're also – if you're not into gloves that are big and clunky and also can allow you to, like, interact with your phone – Get, get yourself, if you go to Costco and you see head gloves, go ahead and grab yourself a pair. Head gloves, all right. They're really good. Get yeah. some of that head glove money. All right. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything to plug. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to put some episodes out on a more consistent basis uh, since the holidays are kind of lightening up for a few weeks. Um, yeah, and be prepared for the end of December where there's going to be a episode where... Nick and I are actually in the same room. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. An in-person episode. But we're still going to do it over the phone so that we can keep the audio quality. (laughs) Um, All right, so if uh, if that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. See you then.